Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. My name is Trevor Bohm and I will be your host. Every week or so, I try to get myself a fascinating human on the mic for you, someone who looks at the civilized world just like you do and says, no, thank you. Someone who wants to break some rules, to lead, and to bring their unique vision into the world. Someone for whom the status quo simply will not do. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I do. Please dive in. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. This is Trevor Bohm, your host. This week I have a little bit different of a conversation happening. This is something that Connor Beaton, a number of you guys know him from Unplugged and from his own company, Man Talks. He and I got together and we just chatted about what does male leadership look like during Corona? What are we, what are men being called to do? What are we called being called not to do? And how do we as men thrive at a time like this? So you'll see it's a little bit of an informal conversation. We're just kind of shooting the shit back and forth, but I know you're going to get a ton out of it. So enjoy this conversation with Connor. All right, Mr. Trevor Bohm. How you doing, brother? Not bad, Connor. How's everything? I love in you're you, uh, you in New York? No, you're in. I'm in the Vancouver. That's right. Yeah. I'm 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 enjoying lockdown near the ocean. <laughs> you bastard. I know. I've got like all my Instagram pages are like diving, surfing, octopus, like anything that's like, oh, there's an ocean out there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Unique times, just, man. Unique times. Yeah, I know. I know. It's an interesting time. Well, and that's I think that's kind of what we wanted to jam in a little bit. I know you so just for the for our audiences to have some context. You and I, uh, well, I mean, you and I are good friends and we were texting the other day back and forth and we were sort of talking about the chasm in masculine leadership right now, the, the yeah. sort of like space between healthy masculine leadership, you know, really strong, grounded, present masculine leadership and the just like the rise of this authoritarian style, dictatorship style, narcissistic style of leadership that lacks ownership and accountability and any like really ownership, I think is the is the biggest piece. And so, so we were just kind of, you know, sort of shooting the shit. And I thought it'd be great for us to just sort of jam on this together. Yeah. So, sure. so I think, you know, first and foremost, well, how do you how do you sort of like qualify that, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure that you've seen this quite a bit in, in mainstream media and the workplace and in your in your past in politics and, you know, especially media, I'm going to say it again, because I feel like it needs two of them. But why, why do you feel like we are in a time that this authoritarian dictatorship style of leadership has become so much more popularized in our Mm. culture? That's a great question. I think because the leaders that we have elected and the the people who have naturally gravitated to the top, I have, I'm going to try to piece together a couple thoughts. Mm -hmm. Uh, one, I think that the position of being at the top is so skewed and what gets you there is so skewed that authentic heart centered yet truly grounded leadership will not get you to the top in the current system. There has to be manipulation, lies, deceit, all the shit. So the best, the brightest and the, um, the most honest don't get to a leadership position. And so being narcissistic, being um, all the negative qualities or shadow qualities of leadership seem to be the qualities that will actually get you there. Like mm-hmm. how, how many times, and I, I know you're, you're not American, but yet you spend a lot of time in the US, will watch a debate or watch something on around politics and go, everybody on the stage is lying. Yeah, and yeah, 100% all the time. All or the time. it's just like they've picked one key phrase that they're all going to hammer for the next... 45 minutes and nothing's going to get done about it. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, it's such upsetting to me is that that's the expectation, Hmm. right? The expectation when I heard about senators or congressmen or whoever the hell they were selling stock two weeks before all of this crashed, like I was not, it wasn't like Connor, how could they do this? They're public servants. They're here for our good. They're here to support us. Like it was like, oh yeah, of course. I bet you. Of course it did. The tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Well, and, and now now there's there's reports coming out that some of those senators also purchased medical stock 
on the on the on the day on the fucking day that they had meetings about the coronavirus pa- being a pandemic from the World Health Organization. So it's like, I mean, I don't know how much more clear it gets. It's like that's this just, is the face of someone who's not shocked. I know, right? I know, like, right? Oh yeah, I, I bet you that again is still just the tip of the iceberg. But I think we're only going to hear about that. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think for for me, one of the things that I've always been fascinated by is the intersection of the the father archetype uh, within mainstream culture, right? And so when I look at sort of very dysfunctional authoritarian style leadership, what I see is a dysfunctional father archetype that that has been portrayed in the mainstream culture. Like I look at somebody like Jordan Peterson, right? Mm-hmm. And some people, he's such a polarized individual. Some people fucking love Jordan Peterson. Right. And they're like, I will follow his advice to the yeah. death. And some yeah. people are like, I fucking hate Jordan Peterson. I hate everything he says and everything that he stands for. And I think he's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And But for me, when I look at somebody like him, he is the quintessential father archetype, right? He's grounded. He doesn't give quite a shit about what people think of him. He's very focused in in terms of like what he believes. He lives what he believes. He lives his values very clearly. He's a man of structure. He's very factual, right? And so he- he sort of embodies this like father figure that a lot of main, a lot of modern men, especially, mm-hmm. are significantly lacking, right? Like a lot of a lot of young men are, and a lot of young m- women are missing a grounded, present, focused, and contributing father figure in their life. Mm-hmm. And what we know statistically is that when the father figure is absent or neglectful or, uh, you know, an alcoholic or abusive or whatever it is, <clears throat> that's one of the most negative things that we, that we can do to children in our culture because we, they need that, that father archetype in their life in some way, shape, or form. And, and so I think that with this rise of authoritarian and dictatorship-style masculine leadership, Again, I think it's the shadow side yeah. of the masculine, right? And it's the shadow side of the father, right? It's like Darth Vader's come into power a whole in a whole bunch of places, <laughs> right? Just to go back to our Star Wars conversation before we jumped on. But that's that's really what's happening, right? Is that a lot True. of people and I think culturally it's interesting because if you look at the United States, I mean there's like there's like 80 to 90 million evangelicals. Mm-hmm. And this isn't and this isn't to hate on them, it's simply to say that their their structure, their family system structure is much more geared towards and oriented towards a hyper patriarchal uh, family system where right. the, I mean, the man's always right. Always. He can do no wrong. He's yeah. the closest to God. Right. right? And so it, it naturally positions the man to assume more power than right. normal and to have a sense of entitlement of like, I, I am the closest thing to God. And right. so I have more entitlement and more access to power by just by because the Bible says so. Right. And so I think it's a, it's a very interesting time that we find ourselves in because I think a lot of the mass public is uh, not a lot, but a certain section is voting for mm-hmm. that style of uh, masculine leader that is associated with with that sort of uh, same system that we see in like the evangelical church and some of those some of those other religious circles, some of those other political circles. Um, and it's very interesting because it's it's it I think is starting to show the the cracks in the armor, right? Sure. Like what with what's happening with COVID. What are your thoughts on? I know I just said a whole no, bunch no, of that shit. Was, it was great. It was great, and I, I completely agree with you that that is the archetype of leadership. But that is the archetype. It seems that was in power a month ago. Yeah, the archetype is still present, and we're kind of seeing it kick and scream. We're seeing almost like the death rattle of of that archetype, and, and we don't have to. I, I'm not anti any. Anyway, we have to talk about Trump here in the U.S. He's our president. Mm-hmm. Yet there have been so many instances <clears throat> that I've specifically watched of him speaking and say that's that's a childish answer. Mm-hmm. That's the, like I didn't do it, Ma. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was just yeah. I'm not much, responsible. I'm not responsible. And then uh, look at me, I, I did great. Look at me, look at me, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, look at me, I did right. And and yet it's being seen. Yeah. Right. I, I think it was always like, we, it, again, it was accepted 
a month ago. It was like, oh, yeah, but, you know, he's a strong male figure, so we have to keep voting for him. Yeah. And I think most people now, in light of uh, the, the pain, like the, the pain of this situation has pierced the veils of the collective heart, let's mm-hmm. just say here in the U.S., and people go, wait a minute, that actually really hurts when he says that. Mm-hmm. He had an opportunity right there to be empathetic around our situation and just say three words of empathy. Hey, you guys, I know this is hard. And he didn't. And he just went to how he was right and they were wrong and this is fake and the normal rhetoric. And again, I'm not picking on Trump here. I'm picking on the archetype that Trump represents. Mm-hmm. And people are now left so wanting that that true, if we go fatherhood archetype, the true father feeling of, hey, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I know this is hard. I know you're beat up right now, but well, we got you. It's it's almost like the it's it's such a, an interesting power dynamic, right? Because that that shadow father, the the shadow father archetype in terms of masculine leadership is the is the quality of uh it's almost like the the sayings that coincide with that are like because i told you so mm-hmm. because i said so because mm-hmm. i'm your father right and there's there's sort of like yeah. right there's sort of like this you can't question me right? right you are not i am above you and you're not allowed to question me mm-hmm. and and there are you know i'm sure that there's i'm not saying that there aren't moments for that within a family system mm-hmm. within some sort of leadership right if you're trying to get a country together it's not that there isn't moments for that but to have that be the regular modality of leadership creates, I mean, creates an, an incredible uh, amount of dysfunction mm-hmm. and it creates an incredible amount of segregation. And I think people are left feeling, I mean, this is why the masculine in our m- sort of mainstream culture has been highly uh, villainized, right? Is that like most people don't trust the masculine because a lot of a lot of a lot of men in power that represent that masculine leadership can't take feedback right they 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 can't hear or they're not open to hearing where they're where they may be wrong where they could improve where they could expand their their leadership capacities and i think when we look at the the sacred masculine form of leadership we find a quality of leadership that has a sense of humble assertiveness, mm-hmm. right? I've I've always found that I've been around some amazing, amazing leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been very fortunate to have some incredible like male mentors in my life, and they always have this embodied space, embodied sense of humble assertiveness, right? You know where they stand. There's no doubt about it. Right. But they're also they also exude a sense of humility in not needing to know everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where I see this dysfunction on on the shadow side of masculine leadership showing up so prominently in our culture is like there's an unquestioning, unrelenting need need like addiction mm-hmm. to being right it's an addiction to being right for sure. For sure. and and i think it's so interesting to see how prominent it's becoming like when you look around at world leaders i mean you have like bolsonaro in brazil that guy's a fucking maniac like <laughs> he's crazy the shit that the shit that this guy has done it's like like i mean he he actively said that the coronavirus was a hoax and then tested positive <laughs> Right. And and then still proceeded to tell workers like Brazilian workers to just go out and go to work. Like he's Amazing. he's actively just I'm like, what? You're insane. Like really insane. And yet I think still, at least here in the U.S., that uh, manipulative, dishonest, egoic need to be right leader is still looked upon more favorably than a weak leader. A hundred percent. And that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, with all the video of Biden coming out, like tripping over his words, and, and yeah. granted, he, he needs to just lie down and, and go to sleep. Yeah. But people are like, look, at least it's not that. Right. Right. And so, what I'm hoping is the emergence of okay, we get it. It can't be someone who can't lead, yeah. but yet this current style of leadership has to go. I was telling you before we started that uh, I had a boss maybe in my early 20s. That when I was working security and I came into work at like six in the morning, Connor, and I can hear my client, like we're working for a billionaire on his property, just like chewing 
the fuck out of my boss. I just hear like the phone, I can hear it from across the office. Like, rah, 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 rah. And my boss is just like, I'm sorry, you know, totally my fault. Will never happen again. All these things. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, he's just getting annihilated. And he, you know, hangs up the phone. and was like, oh shit. And I was like, what was that about? And he goes, yeah, you forgot to lock the gate last night. Mm. And I was like, uh, why didn't you just tell him that it was my fault and I forgot to lock the gate? And he looked me right in the eye and goes, this is my detail. If you fuck up, I fucked up. Yeah. And it was one of the best leadership lessons I've, I ever got. Cause it was in my twenties, you know, early into this of that guy. Like he could have thrown me under the bus. It wouldn't even throwing me under the bus. Yeah. He could have just passed the buck to where it belonged. And it's that though. I would have followed that man from that point on. If he was like, Hey, I'm leaving and starting my own company. I'd be like, I'm with you. He's yeah. like, Hey, I'm leaving and moving to, you know, Zimbabwe and starting a commune. I'd be like, I'm, I'm your, I'm your dude. I'm going <laughs> with you. <laughs> So I think people are, they don't know what they don't know yet, mm -hmm. right? Like they haven't really gotten to experience or maybe they did a bit under Obama here or that like, oh, at least he gives a fuck or at least we feel like he gives a fuck. Well, I think, that the, leadership. I think the interesting thing, so there's, there's two things that really stand out to me about what you're saying. One is that the quality, the quality that allows that masculine leadership to be trustworthy is actually quite similar between the shadow and the sacred, right? The, they're they're both almost a quality of like trusting that 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 masculine leader has got it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you've you've got it. I think the difference is that a lot of people trust the the shadow masculine, right? That authoritarian style masculine. It's like, well, he'll just have it no matter what. Like he'll just right. he'll just he'll do anything and everything to get it done. And there is a sense of trust in that, but we we actually remove morality from the equation, and we and we say he'll do, he'll just get it done no matter what, and I'm just okay with that because it benefits me, and I don't have to worry about it because I can sleep at night, right? Right. My because, team's gonna win, right? That's because yeah. because he's 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 taking care of it. He's doing all the hard shit that I don't have to make right. the moral decisions about. And on the other side, it's like he'll get it done, and I'll follow him because he'll always have my back, yeah. right? He will, like, regardless of whether it's my, you know, my, my fault, like you're talking about in that, in that instance, yeah. um, he'll still take responsibility because he's the, he's the leader, right? It doesn't mean that he owns it entirely. It's just simply, like, I remember working at Apple and one of the greatest lessons that I, that I learned there, there was a guy that went to uh, the MBA program in IE Madrid. And it's, a, it's the number one MBA program in the world for businesses. It's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, we were having problems with one of the teams, one of the sales teams at Apple. And him and I were chatting and we got the whole, we got the whole team together. It's like 20 people, sat everybody down and they were just underperforming. And mm -hmm. he gave this speech and I'll never forget it. He's this amazing, amazing guy. His first name is Anil. Uh, he's an amazing, amazing man. And he's, he's talking to them and he said, I'm going to break this down for you. People don't produce results for two reasons. I'm going to make it super simple. One, either they don't know how to and they need to learn, they need to be educated, or yeah. two, they do know how to and they're choosing not to. Which one is it? And I was like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, but then by the end of it, he said, I want you to know that either way, I'm responsible. Either way, Whatever result you produce, whichever one it is, whether you're not educated or you're choosing not to, I'm responsible. At the end of the day, I'm responsible. Right. And he said, so let's figure this out. And what we what we you know came to find was that it was a lack of education in certain ways of like positioning products, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But that was such a clear example of like sacred masculine leadership, of right. being able to say, here it is. And at the end of the day, I'm the one that's responsible for it. So how am I how am I letting you down? How am I failing you? Like, sure. how is my leadership not produced an environment where you are able to produce the results that we've all agreed on? And I think, I think that's like the, that's the distinction because it's like, it's like the idea of one for all or, or all for one, right? Is it's like, are you, do you have one person that's just sort of making the decisions for everyone and they're like, they just have complete reign and complete authority to do say, and, uh, and choose whatever they want, which is, which is sort of that, that shadow masculine side, or 
or is it the other way around? Is it that that singular person is responsible for the collective decision? And right. I think I th and, and, and responsible for the collective in a way that says, hey, I represent you, right? Mm -hmm. I represent your interests. Mm -hmm. And I think that the challenge that we're seeing in places like the United States and other countries right now is that there's so much division amongst the people that that's very it's it's very easy for a shadow-based masculine leader to come into power because they can just they can just leverage that right they can leverage the segregation they can leverage the division they can leverage the fact that that there are basically two different populace uh or or countries within the united states there really are like they, it's yeah. wild yeah it's our culture and i don't mean i just mean the culture or the underground culture of the u.s uh, not only allows this, but fosters it because it's the end of the day. I want my team to win. Yeah. At the end of the day, I want to go to my neighbor who has a different sign on their yard and say, you fucking lost. Yeah. And that's it. And then I go home and I sleep knowing I'm a winner and yeah. it doesn't matter what any of the downstream ramifications are of that. And that's, you know, I was preaching this shit a year ago on social media with anybody whose message was supposedly positive, but was creating uh, uh, division. Division. It was so fucking angry. I could see it all the time with groups that had declared themselves the moral high ground and said, but oh, by the way, if you don't believe us or you don't believe what we believe, well, then you are the other and you are the lesser than. And that was so prevalent. And I, you're right. It's, it's still prevalent. I'm hoping that this massively unifying event doesn't end up being used for further division, but you can start to see the seeds of it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, someone just, uh, John Ackoff, I think he's an author, put up a post saying like, if anything you're saying is like shaming someone for how much money they gave, uh, using a, a political, this is a political post or making someone else wrong, then you are part as much part of the problem as the virus is. Yeah. I was like, that's the message we need to get across right now, that if you have 1% of your energy going into, huh, they did this, it's their fault, it's them, we need to keep pointing out that it's not us, it's, and, which is exactly what we're seeing from the top, then you are going to re, we are going to recreate the exact problem we had a month ago that was as dangerous or as volatile as this biological issue is now. Well, and I think I think you're you're hitting on a, a really important piece, right? Like, so when you look at the shadow masculine versus the sacred masculine in in terms of leadership, and I just keep using those terms because I think it's just an easy form. It it depoliticizes yeah. it. It takes religion out of it. It takes all these pieces out of it that we would because those those are normally things that are layered over top of it, right? Like when you look right. at leadership, a lot of the times people's uh, political values, religious values, all of those things are layered into it. And, and they can, they can remove the morality, the human morality from the equation, because their political or religious values or choices sort of supersede that morality. But I think the important piece is that when you look at the difference between the shadow masculine leadership and the sacred masculine leadership is that one will use actively division <laughs> And segregation to gain power, and that's the shadow. That's always the power. That's always the shadow. When you right. think about the inner critic within yourself, just as an individual, it will use division and segregation and hatred and violence towards the self to gain and remain in power. Mm -hmm. Whereas the shadow, whereas the sacred side is more about unification. Right? It's like how do we build unification, and in some ways that unification is actually a much more challenging task. Sure. It's a much more uh, integrative process. It's more work, I think, in the long run, because it's actually quite easy from a human nature standpoint to pit people against each other, right? Yeah. Like, it's really not that, it's actually not that hard, right? Like, no, you, you can- You and I could be absolute billionaires if we wanted to be alt-right white supremacists. 100%. tomorrow. Like, yeah. we're good <laughs> Total well, rebranding one day, and it's like Connor and I win. We're retired. We're now going to move to an island. You're we right. set up an MLM, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we set up a multi-level marketing company, and we we sold a whole bunch of uh, you know random products that nobody really gives a shit about, and they're not going to use in three years. 
there's no product. It's just building the teams, right? right? Yeah, it's just building the. I, I love the. Uh, I, I got. I just got to say this. I saw Gary V one time give a talk, yeah. and 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 he was talking about um, selling courses online, and he's like, you know how like all these people are like living this digital nomad lifestyle, and he's like, ninety five percent of the courses online are just courses to teach you how to sell courses. courses yeah. And he's like, and that's what most people are making money off of. They're not making money off of the actual education. He's like, and that's such a sad thing. And it shows how fucked up the system is that people <laughs> actually aren't teaching it. They're like, here's how to get rich quick. And he's like, most of the, most of the people that buy those programs will never make money off of no. online courses, right? Because they don't have the, they don't have the like education like right. the, the thing that they want to teach. Anyway, I just, I wanted to tie yeah. that in. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, but we're not going to do that, just so you guys know. But. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to do that. But I think it is, an, it is an important, a really important piece to look at, right? Like when it comes to masculine leadership, are you unifying? Are you unifying your family? Are you unifying your community? Are you unifying your business? Or are you creating separation and segregation? Are you using shame to try and, and control? Shame is such a powerful weapon. Right. I think people dramatically, dramatically under index and undervalue the power that shame has. Right. Like shame is a is a suppressive emotion. It works like alcohol. Right. So like when we feel shame in our body, it represses our core emotions. It represses sadness or happiness or joy or whatever it is. And people are much more malleable when shame is present, right? Because we don't we don't like feeling shame. Our whole body is designed to avoid feeling that. And so if you can just spark a little bit of shame in someone, man, you can control them. Or a populace. If you can tell a whole group of people, uh, you should be ashamed of this, then boom, they're sheep. You get yeah. to move however you want. Yeah, I agree with you that the for guys listening, because we get this, I've gotten this question a lot of how do we now lead? How do we as men, I don't get to go to work anymore. I'm not doing the thing in the world of my purpose. Okay, you still have a voice. You still have actions. You still have people around you. You still have a neighborhood. You still have a family. You still have all of these men who are looking to you most likely for a reference of how do we do this? Even if that's just being honest, right? I know a number of men who have said, I'm worried about coming back into work or the world or, or whatever in two months from now and not having this long list of accomplishments. Hmm. And imagine if you went back into the world or work or whatever two months from now and just had this long list of how you were human mm -hmm. and you were willing to share your humanity of whatever, whatever it was that you went through. You would have far more of an impact on that group of people than you would being like, here's my new book, my new course, my body fat, the, the, all the things that I built in the yard. Like no one fucking cares about that stuff. Like good for you and... Was it hard at any point for you? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's This is not an easy thing we're going through. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's such an important component, right? Is being able to acknowledge the the truth and the hardship of a situation uh, is sort of rather than, rather than just deflecting by saying it's all good and, you know, it'll, it'll pass by and I'll take care of it. Or it's, you know, it's a hoax. Like it's, it's not, it's not real. I, can I just, can I just say that like, that is such a, uh, I'm just going to say, it's just such a fucked up tactic, right? The right. fact that we live in a culture where people are consistently using misinformation, misdirection and falsehoods as a means of power acquisition mm -hmm. shows how far we have strayed from just like human decency, right? Like when I, when I look at some of the things that are happening in mainstream media and, and it's, what's interesting is that depending on what side of the political spectrum you're on, you can right. look at the other side and say, well, here's how they're manipulating the truth. Here's how they're uh, sort of ma manipulating our current circumstances. And, you know, uh, Yuval Harari talks about this in the book, Homo Deus, right? So there's, he wrote Sapiens, which is all yeah. about the brief history of humanity. And then he wrote Homo Deus, which is about the, basically translates into human gods, right? Which means it's, he's talking about the future of humanity. And one of the things that he talks about that I, that I, I think is supremely relevant to right now is he breaks down the uh, the different forms of reality, right? So he says we have subjective reality, we have objective reality, and then we have intersubjective reality. So very simply, we have 
our own subjective reality that we experience and no one can experience that reality. It's just for us. Right. Then there's the objective reality that's outside of us. That's the actual thing that's happening. But then he said, the interesting thing is that there's intersubjective reality and an intersubjective reality is just the, the story about reality that we collectively agree on. Right. And he said the the thing that's going to have and carry the most weight in the future is how people control intersubjective realities, how people control the narratives and the right. stories about what's happening. And I think the challenge that we're finding ourselves in right now is that the shadow the shadow of masculine leadership has very quickly learned how to manipulate and use that intersubjective reality it's very quickly learned and adapted to how to manipulate the stories that we collectively agree upon in order to gain power yeah you he who controls the narrative controls the world 100 percent. he or she and that i'm on some days connor so fucking furious at the media I just can literally look, read down a website and be like, that's manipulation. This is manipulation. The way you worded that's manipulation. This isn't true. It's just fucking manipulation. And yeah. So many people are reading it as, as gospel. As right. Like this is, this is, this is truth. Yeah. It's and it's on all sides. Truth. It's on both sides. A hundred percent. I don't give a fuck which, if you're on Fox or MS, whatever you've, whichever way you go. Uh, the narrative is trying to be described, and yet people are sitting at home completely lost or completely dumbfounded or completely knocked over, and so therefore grasping only naturally at some sense of, quote, reality when their reality has now been turned completely upside down, mm -hmm. and therefore it's even easier to say, oh, hey, come here, you're hurting. I got something for you. It's like the, the, uh, the old school grooming. Like, oh, you're a lost kid. Come, come join our gang. Come here. Mm -hmm. You want family? You want, here's some money. You want something to eat? Like that's the scraps that are getting thrown out, but yet it's just going to lead to more mass poisoning of the mind of our consciousness of people going, well, Hey, again, if we go back to the beginning, I don't care what happens to them because I'm on the winning team, mm -hmm. not realizing that you can be them in 24 hours. And guess what? We're all on the same, we're all on the losing team if that happens because someone's controlling the narrative. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think what you're saying is is like bang on um, and, it, and it really sort of like ties into, it really ties into this surprising component for me right now. Like when, when, I, when I find, when I look at the situation that we find ourselves in collectively uh, as a species, I am, I'm left surprised but not at the same time by the fact that people haven't learned or haven't seen how interconnected we actually are. Like this moment in time should be the single biggest wake-up call, the single biggest wake-up call. Like if, if all of our countries, every single country in the world right now said, hey, borders are closed until the end of the year and you have to stay indoors, the panic and the calamity that would happen because we are interdependent, mm -hmm. inextricably and undeniably interdependent yeah. on other countries, on other people, manufacturing products, farming goods, right? Food, services. I mean, it is insane. And yet we continue to act in this way that that sort of says like, ah, uh, I'm not, I don't need other people. I don't need the, the you know, the, the guy in China that's manufacturing these products. Like, it doesn't matter to me what they do. I don't need the, you know, the, the people in India that created these clothes. I don't need the people in Canada or the United States that did X, Y, and Z or Mexico that manufactured my car. It's like, well, uh, yeah, you do. Like, of course you do. We've, we, have, we have built a global economy. And this, I feel like this moment in time is, is one of those spaces. And I think it's one of the reasons why we actually wanted to have this conversation. Because I think what you and I were talking about is like, well, what's the responsibility of of healthy masculinity in this moment? What is what does healthy masculine leadership look like in this moment? What is our collective responsibility? How do we create a little bit more unification, right? In, in terms of just working together, not that you need to adopt somebody's beliefs or or political uh, choices. It's, it's not about that. It is it is very clearly about like 
you know, we can we can move in a couple different directions here, but we should probably choose consciously which direction we want to move in because you know, some of those directions can have dire consequences for vast majority of people, you know, globally. So what are your thoughts on that? Let me ask you a question first. Yeah. Why why do you think that the collective is missing the idea that we're connected? Because even though it's like so blatantly in our face, it's like someone's holding up a piece of paper and the masses are like, that paper's not there. It's nothing written on it. Yeah. I mean, I think I was, I was sort of writing on this the other day and, and kind of got into this idea of the fact that some people have never, and I'm going to phrase this in a way and then I'll try and unpack it, but okay. some people have never woken up from their ego. Right. So some people have never disconnected or disassociated from their identity and ego enough to see like, oh, hey, I'm actually a part of all this. And they're so rooted in their ego. They're so rooted in the beliefs, the traditions, the understanding, the experiences that that specific ego has had that they can't see a collective connection right then. Like Jung Jung talked about this. He, He talked about how we have a conscious mind a personal unconscious and a collective unconscious. Yeah. And that within our collective unconscious is the the archetypes and the symbols of every of everything that we've experienced as a as a human species and that that we not that we have access to it on a whim but that we can sort of feel into it. And mm-hmm. and people I think are can feel that right now in the sense mm-hmm. that they can feel collective panic. Right. Like when you go to the grocery store, you can see collective panic and the fact that people have <laughs> pillaged the, the toilet paper aisle. Like it's it's insane. It's like if the apocalypse happened tomorrow, you'd be a starving person with a very clean asshole. Like, yeah, like yeah. what like what are you what are you doing? Right? right. And so, but I think that that's happened because people are so entrenched and wrapped up in their own identity and their own individualistic problems that they that they disassociate and disconnect from the collective Mm, beautiful 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 beautiful. okay thank you for that i think people Mm -hmm. needed to hear that and and that's going to be a big point on which people can look at where am i operating from Mm -hmm. right am i operating from my ego therefore i don't care as long as my team wins yeah am i am i operating with the collective unconscious of holy shit, I better go get toilet paper. Right. I have 60 rolls and I can't eat it. Or is there a place to operate from that says, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me step outside the, the river of the collective that's just washing away. And let me also just take a step down from my egoic pedestal and realize that there's a lot going on right now that doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. So to answer the question you asked me, I think it's very important to do the same thing on an individual level of one, how can I serve right now? And how can I serve from my heart? Mm-hmm. Meaning this is like, you know, when it, when it first all hit, I kind of viewed it as walking up to a car accident. It's not about me right now. Yep. And it, it may not be about being Superman either. It may not be that like, I have to rip the doors off and pull everybody out. It may be going over to the, the grandmother or grandfather who's on the side, putting my arm around them and saying, like, hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Not are you physically okay? I know you weren't in the car. Like, are you just okay as a human? And how can I? Is it just you? Just want me to stand right here with you? Beautiful. Paramedics are coming. They'll take care of the rest. I got that. I don't need to shit lightning right now. And so I think for men, especially, it's it's that first. It's that connection out of the ego and back into the heart. And then if we say, if we're just talking kind of anatomically, from the heart out into your big strong fucking arms. Like how much of your situation, your life, your community, your family, your country even, can you wrap up in protective, strong, loving, caring, yet leading arms mm-hmm. with, and just even that, that, that figure, that motion has to keep your heart open. And so I think I like that's it. the, the main drive or the main, you know, position that I would put to men is it's, this is not a time just for the primal. Yeah. Like there's not armed bands in the streets and we don't need to be on the roofs with with shotguns yet, hopefully never. Mm-hmm. Or is it a time for us to simply just be emotional jello? But yet we have to acknowledge that there's never been more emotion in the air, in the circle, in the feminine, in your own life. Like I broke down and cried on the floor this morning on my kitchen floor 
because like suddenly I missed my dog from like four years ago. And I was like, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. There's just a lot of shit going on right now. It's a full moon, and was no judgment about that. It wasn't like, yeah. what up, pussy? He's like, yeah. nope, I'm going through some shit. Everybody's going through some shit. Let's let's be okay with that. Uh, and also realize that your mind needs to be a little bit in the primal of, okay, who can, who can I take care of? And I've said this to men that kind of, you watch the light bulb go off. Most of the population is going through the exact same thing you are in a different physical body. Hmm. I have the benefit of knowing it's on the deepest level, Connor, and so do you, that if shit hits the fan, I'm still bigger, stronger, faster, and more dangerous than 90% of the planet. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Now that I know that, let me have empathy for those people who just don't have that experience, who may be even men, but less healthy, or men who are less actualized. And so the coming back to that one question of how can I serve but without over-serving. Like it's not time to wear yourself out and be just giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and then dropping dead or yeah. dropping, you know, to exhaustion. It's that, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful interplay right now of the primal and the divine, of recognizing the shadow and staying in the sacred and also being like, okay, I need to have food in my fridge. I need to have, I, I need to, my decisions now have far more dire or, or intense consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. If you make the decision to let all your food run out to zero and then hope you can get to the supermarket and then something happens where you're unable to now and is the first time in 20 years or 30 years or that however many years that that's an actual challenge. Mm -hmm. We have to be proactive. We have to. And this is the last thing I'll, I'll hit on for men. Self-care has to stop being uncool mm -hmm. right now. You got to fucking take care of yourself. You got to take care of your health. You got to take care of your, your well-being. You've got to take care of your body. It's what you're eating. It's what you're thinking. It's the ingestion of media. It's are you reading? Like, what are you doing to make sure that you, as the captain of your own ship, stay strong, healthy, and sane? Because again, if we lose you, then, then everybody around you who's reliant upon you also goes down too. Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, in the alliance call this morning, um, yeah, I've, I, I think along with you, I felt that sort of like pressure, you know, this, all this shit happened. I saw the unemployment rates in the States, so you go from like 3.3 million to 6.6 .6 to almost 10, you know, and, and I, and so we were talking about this before we got on the call, like I opened up the doors to the alliance and was just like, whoever wants to be in here, if you want two months, I'm just going to make it free. <clears throat> and, and as many guys as need, like, come on in and let's, let's, let's talk and support because I felt this responsibility. And I, I love what you're saying, because I think it's now in these moments that we really look at our relationship to responsibility mm -hmm. and we say, what am I, what am I responsible for already? What do I want to be responsible for in myself, in my life, in my family, in my business? And what, what little bit of extra responsibility can I take on? Right. And I yeah. think that's where we start to we not only like I love the idea of taking care of self because I've I've noticed it is it is a this shadow masculine leadership quality to take on more than we can possibly carry while while not taking care of ourselves to carry that weight. And then it eventually builds up contentment, you know, and, and resentment, sorry, uh, yeah, contempt and resentment and anger and frustration and hatred and vitriol. And, you know, the, the list just goes on and on. And so that idea of uh, how do you start to take care of yourself in this moment, because now is the time more than ever, but also how do you really look at the responsibilities that you have in your life, you know? And I think like we, we talked about, uh, uh, you and I like, you know, having, having V come out here and, uh, Vienna come out here, you know, before the borders closed and just taking responsibility. And I found this very interesting part of myself just immediately activated, right. Mm -hmm. This sort of like protector, uh, that just like immediately came online and was like, yeah. okay, what needs to be done? Like what groceries do I need to buy? Mm -hmm. Like what flight do I need to book? You know, just like, what do I need to get in order so that my, community is taken care of and i think that that's really the question that everyone should be asking them right now is is you know the world is a huge collective and trying to i see this a lot with people trying to solve the world's problems will will just leave you spinning your tires in the mud right it never never really goes anywhere but if you can focus on providing and being responsible for your 
close community, right? The 150 people around you, you create a wave that actually shows them the quality of leadership that they can embody in their own lives, in their own communities. And it, and it, uh, propagates that that quality of healthy leadership. And so I think that's really what we're talking about is like self-care is so important right now. Looking at your responsibilities, incredibly important right now. And and making sure that you are pushing your edge in a, in a comfortable way, knowing that your edge is being pushed by life right now, regardless. For you know? sure. So any, anything else that you would add in there? Yeah, I think you know, this is a great time for men to take a breath and actually feel what they're feeling. Mm. Uh, we had a, an issue here in Denver, which was a fascinating thing to watch that I don't know if I share this with you two weeks ago or three weeks ago when we first went on lockdown, alcohol and liquor stores, I'm sorry, alcohol and weed stores were also closed. And within three hours, there was so much mayhem in the population, in the city, of people literally showing up with shopping carts and taking as much booze as they could possibly get. And yeah. the, the mayor, or the go- whoever the hell's in charge of the city was like, okay, uh, we're not doing that. You guys can still drink and smoke dope. And so I've looked at what our alcohol sales are through the roof. Yeah, uh, I interviewed uh, a woman yesterday whose boyfriend works for an alcohol distribution company. And he said on April 3rd, three days into the month, they had met their quota for the month plus 20%. Damn. In three days, right? Weed stores, same. Porn, we already saw like- uh, Yeah, the porn websites are just, porn, like, like Pornhub was skyrocketed. <laughs> so I have empathy for guys who are now stuck with their own shadows and their own challenges and not the skill to deal with it, but also go, wow, there's a section of that population that has the opportunity to say, what if I don't just numb this out? What if I actually look at what's under the surface here? And, and, and what if we did that collectively? Like what would be the, what if 10,000, 100,000 men had one insight from this situation about who they are, how they are, how they react to stress? That to me would be a massive shift in the collective masculine. So men perhaps take this as an opportunity not to clean your whole closet, yeah. Like, cool. I'm just going to go and figure out all my childhood wounds and all my shadow issues, and I'll do it by myself, alone in a house with no booze. Uh, that may lead to some more problems, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but look into perhaps just where's one way you're going. Oh, I didn't realize that I have this relationship to stress, to pain, to anger, to to upset, whatever. Uh, I'd leave it with that. And then, lastly, for men, because we are so hard on ourselves, to really embody and uh, put forth self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Right? You're allowed to, I, I wrote the story of like smashing a pan of eggs in the sink. No, no problem. It happens. Cried on the floor this morning. No problem. Like you're allowed to do, you're allowed to also be human and fall down during this. Yeah. I think that's, that's such an important reminder. Like on the Alliance call this morning, you know, there's like 75 guys on a call and one of the guys is talking about, you know, feeling, feeling depressed during this time. Right. And He's like, I feel like I have so much responsibility for my family. I just got laid off. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just feel like I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, okay, well, have you cried yet? And he's like, no. I said, have you yelled fuck you to the world yet? And he's like, no. I said, have you experienced any anger yet about your current circumstances? No. And I was like, okay, let's start there. Like, yeah. how about how about starting to feel what you're feeling? So I walked him through a little bit of an exercise and he let loose some of the anger that he had, right? I mean, he was frustrated because right. of course he's wanting to protect and provide his family for for his family and he can't. Yeah. So I yeah, I would I would agree hundred percent. I think, you know, where I'm sort of guiding a lot of guys right now is just saying, like, hey, feel what's coming up. Just be present for it. Use this time to actually tune into and be more present for how you deal with stress, anxiety, overwhelm, especially mm-hmm. uh, fear is another big one. I guess it can also be umbrella underneath that. Yeah. But notice how you deal with fear. Do you shut down? Do you run away? Do you numb it out? You know, do you try and jerk off and watch porn for a couple hours? Do you, you know, drink or get high? I think that that's a really important piece. And to be able to create that self-compassion, create that self-care, and just reaffirm your responsibility 
I mean, if you can do those things right now and and sort of like join other men in that in that mission, uh, I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do right now and be in action, yeah. you know, be in action by I think the last thing that I'll say is be in action by paying attention, right? That doesn't mean watching the news all day long. It right. simply means staying informed because it it is inevitably historically the time uh, when when people in power uh, create shifts and take more power is in times of extreme chaos. It's always how it's happened, right? When there is mass chaos and uh, uh, disconnection, that is when people in power will try and pass legislation, will try and, you know, gain a little bit more power. So just pay attention, but also again, pay attention to your community, pay attention to the people around you. How can you best serve them? What do they need the most of? So really tuning into that is, is incredibly powerful and important. So yeah. Let me just throw in too, if, and this isn't a pitch for either of us, because I don't care whose group you join, or if it's ours or, or anybody else's, this is a really important time for men to be around other men. Mm-hmm. The worst thing we can do is try to bear all of this alone. Mm-hmm. So find men's groups, find the nation for me, find the Alliance for Connor, find any other men's group in your area and join it. There's, yeah. I, I am in a men's group here in Denver that I did not know a year ago when I started would be my like, apocalypse team. But holy shit, have those guys pulled me out of some dark loops uh, in the past three weeks. And I can only imagine how lonely it feels to be going through this without that. And then yeah. how that creates its own set of other problems. So guys, find some other fucking men and join them. Yeah, boom. Nailed it. Mic drop. We'll leave it there. Yeah, brother. Awesome, brother. So good to jam with you and, and connect. Maybe we should do some more uncivilized man talks <laughs> in, the, in the near future. Well, if so, I guess, you know, for anyone that watches or listens to this, uh, reach out to Traver or myself and let us know what you'd like to hear more of in the coming weeks. Because uh, I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll probably dive into some more of this as, as time goes on. But so good to see you, man. You too. Love you, brother. Cheers. Love you too, brother. Bye. This is Trevor Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a share. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you're interested in getting a hold of my book, Man Uncivilized, whether you're a man or a woman, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading.